And like, See, I'm, I'm afraid to take any plastic chair off you because I'll take the plastic chair. I have it in my house for like 20 minutes. It'll break, and I'll be back in this rickety-ass 1950s steel chair, you know? See, that's the thing, though, is that chair has supported my fat ass. I, and I, it's even it's even molded and formed to fat assery. So, <laughs> all right, well, I'll take it. I'll give it a shot. Yeah, uh, I'm trying. I'm gonna Wait, try you're, fig- you're giving somebody else your fat assery form chair. Is that what's happening? That's yeah. what's happening right now. We're having oh, a fat assery chair. But he offered it to me because he got a new one. But like, I'm. I'm kind of uh, reluctant to take it because nothing has uh, has supported my fat ass other than this ju- just million-year-old steel chair that I sit in. So it's like third-party broken-in farts included. <laughs> farts included. It is vinyl, Phil's, so Phil's I don't know how much staying. He's quickly talking me out have. of this. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing is this new chair that I have, it's cloth, so it keeps all the farts. Oh, nice. <laughs> well, that's the new one, though. That's not the one that's I'm getting, That's the new right? one. I haven't, I haven't christened this one yet. Yeah, no, I'm not giving Stores you the new the one, obviously. For I later don't believe you for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Time to get your fix. It's a horrible gaming podcast. It's not good. It's not great. Horrible gaming podcast. It's not even what you would call fair. It's really not that good. Horrible gaming podcast. Hello, my name is Zach Rye with Old Man Gaming. Welcome back to another horrible gaming podcast the last horrible gaming podcast of 2020 uh but i am not alone joining me as usual is neil aka tiny wizard but we are not alone we've got a special guest and he is he is keeping the uh the honor of the most on this show who is not actually a host introduce yourself buddy yo What's up, old man fam? Phil Billy 330, you're back again, once again, onto the podcast. And it is the last show of the year. The last show of the year, I figured we'd get the foundation on here, and we're going to have kind of a special show. So there hasn't been a ton of news, so we're going to have a little fun, but we'll get to that when we get to the talking points. Uh, first, we got to get into our normal little credits. As usual, if you're watching this on YouTube, you've noticed some fancy graphics. Those are courtesy of Mark Bell. We thank him for that. And, of course, the theme music for this and all of the shows here at Old Man Gaming are provided by Nick Van Sliders, the man who makes the music, and we thank him for that. Horrible Gaming Podcast. All right, so that brings us to our first topic at the top of the show. Uh, it's not our first topic. It's our first segment, and that is fan interaction, probably our most favorite segment. This is where we, the co-hosts of the show, talk to you, the fans. We read out your quotes anywhere you put them. Uh, we respond to them in real time. Uh, we also use your comments to decide horrible arena winners um, and so on and so forth. So let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, Kev Tutal was very active. He has a lot of them, a lot of them. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, first he says, uh, because he's 
because Kev Tutal is not only our biggest fan, he's also our biggest troll. He said, Cyberpunk for life, all quotation marks, uh, exclamation points, to which I responded, no. Uh, then he said, Cyberpunk 2077, best game ever, all exclamation points, to which I said, no. Then he said, God, Zach is such a negative Nancy. I was a very negative Nancy last week. I feel with good reason. Uh, he then said, yay, theme song time. I don't know what that <laughs> it's the same theme song, but I'm glad you enjoy it. Uh he then just says hi Neil. Yeah, I saw that. I mean I mean hi Kev. Uh <laughs> but yeah, I saw that too. I was like, oh okay. I'm guessing your intro was hi. Like, I bet I, that's what you said. I think we said something about Kevin not commenting a lot last week, so he was like, Well, had to double down. Yeah, it was a real hold my beer moment for Kev, I think. Uh, he then said, uh, uh, thank you, Mark and Nick, for all the goodness. Smiley face. Uh, we do. We thank them for that at every top of the show. He then said, yay, I get my attention time. <laughs> then he said, game awards, awesome job, guys, uh, and a bunch of thumbs up. Thank you, sir. Uh, he then said, victory for Zach. Uh, to which I said, I don't feel like a winner, uh, which I think he was referring to cyberpunk. I think in the end he was agreeing with me, even though he was trolling us at the beginning. And, and that's why I said, I don't, I don't feel like a winner. I don't want to win that argument. Um, then he said, uh, yes, Neil, it is Kevter action. Uh, he then said, yes, sadly, the AMD's Radian line does not handle ray tracing as well as NVIDIA's RTX by a fair margin. If you want ray tracing now, RTX is the answer. <sighs> you know, I it always has been to be fair. I mean, I know, but I just don't need ray tracing. I don't know. I'm just I maybe I'm weird, but I just don't uh, it doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. No, I mean, but I mean, it, at least they're at least they forced the price margins to be the same now. So, if you care about that, you go with the what is it, the 3090? Right. And if you don't care about that, you go at the 60, 60, what is it? 6080? Yeah. Uh, 6080. I, I, <laughs> I think it's, uh, I, I think, in it, again, one of the best things about PC is the choice, you know. Um, Kev Too Tall, I love you guys. I'm very pleased with my credit at the end. I promise I'm not complaining, to which I said I was just messing, man. I think my overall irritation with the world on the day of recording made it sound as though I was actually irritated, meaning the last episode. I wasn't actually irritated with you, Kev. I know you're just kidding around. I was just trying to kid back. I think just uh, how angry I was at the overall show shone through in everything else as well. So uh, don't, uh, don't take it wrong, man. We appreciate everything you do for the show uh he then said mommy why is daddy so angry someone mentioned cyberpunk 2077 dear <laughs> to, to which i said something very similar to this happened in my house though you know melissa made it much more sarcastic uh he he continued halo infinite will be on xbox one but via cloud services so you can buy it and play it, but it's via the Xbox version of Stadia, to which I said, interesting thought. You know, we were talking about that last week, Neil, as to whether we thought it was actually going to be on Xbox One or not. There's a petition to not put it on Xbox One. Uh, this is a really interesting idea to just put it on xCloud, and then you could play it on really anything you want. 
Yeah, uh, and there actually is an update to that story. Um, I was going to save it for odds and ends, but I can just blab no, 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 it out save here it, now. Save it for odds or, and ends no, because we don't have a lot of odds <laughs> and ends, man. Oh, I have plenty. <laughs> I've more than made up. It's going to be all you. I think I got one. I think I got one. I don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> the guest doesn't have to have any, Phil. <laughs> yeah, but I usually come up with some. You do. But I, uh, I, I want to say real quick before we continue the fan traction, sir, as a guest, you always come, and you come correct, man. You always come with more than you need. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, so moving on. In honest transparency, I really figured – oh, we're going to do the in- horrible arena now since that's the order we're doing it in. In honest transparency, I really figured I would be voting for Zach on this one before anyone started because of his run on Prelude to Divorce playing with Melissa. That said, I'm voting for Neil. I want RTS version of Mal- Monopoly. And then we're going to just scroll up to Kayla who says, I try to remember to vote but often forget to since I always listen while driving. But Neil's got my vote this week, even though I would probably play or totally play both Monopoly games. However, I thought about taking that vote away since we live in an area that is only good for crime and pizza. And yet he starts off listing two favorite pizza places as terrible chain joints. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, Neil, you're back. You got to win again, man. I will say. That I made my wife listen to the horrible arena pitch because it was a monopoly thing, and she did vote for me. But you got two, man. You got the win. And I didn't vote because I don't care about monopoly. And Neil's sounded so complex. I don't. I think it would have, for me, turned a super long, boring game into an even longer, boring <laughs> game. Yeah, and it was. <clears throat> It, it just, I, I'll be honest with you. I listened to your pitch twice and I had no idea what the fuck was going on. But, yeah, <laughs> and, then, I, I, and Zach's didn't seem that different to me. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I had even said too. I can't remember if it was, if it was physically on the podcast or if it was a between segments thing. I had even said to Zach is like, this is, this is so convoluted. Yeah. Like I, I even knew it was convoluted, but it was the only thing I could think of to do with Monopoly. I, Cause like I had said last week is like, whenever I throw ideas out there, I don't necessarily have something in mind to go with it. So I backed myself into a corner as much as Zach was. <laughs> I, uh, I think it was an interesting week. I think it's interesting that Phil comes with the burns for both of us on that one. <laughs> but, uh, I, I actually said to Melissa, because Melissa, that was her problem with yours too, was it was just a little bit too complicated for her. And I was like, I, personally, man, I think that you compared it to too many things. Like you compared it to Yu-Gi-Oh! And I was like, this don't compare it to Yu-Gi-Oh! Just, yeah, no. It like, was, I think you it, over-explained <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, no, it was because it was so complicated, I had to think of other things to compare it to, so I got <laughs> the idea across. I, I I don't think – well, I, I think if you had exp- compared it to less things, I think it would have come across a little bit better, honestly. Yeah. But, but still, doesn't help. you won. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> yeah, still, I you mean, won. It doesn't like, matter. Yeah. <laughs> you are the winner. The winner is you. Uh, so we're going to put that down. Uh, that is a Neil victory. It gives you a little hash mark. So you're back up to three points above me, sir. Um, although I have a doozy today, I don't know if I'll win, but it is a it is one that's close to my heart. 
Um, I don't know. Mine, mine, I don't, I, mine can either be the single greatest thing ever on the face of the earth or just fall so flat. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. So I also wanted to just jump over to Discord real quick because you remember we were having the weird conversation about the, uh, the slurs that uh, Twitter, uh, not Twitter, um, Twitch was banning that we didn't understand the incel and the simp. Uh, yeah, oh, I saw yeah, those. I meant to comment on that stuff because yeah. I didn't know what. Yeah, I was confused when Zach said simp and then said it was an insult to like mental, you know, mentally challenged people. Yeah, and i i thought <laughs> I thought it was short for simpleton. You know what I mean? No, no, it's like a. It's generally a man, or right. Generally, towards a pretty girl streamer who yes. will just throw money at them and agree and defend them to the death for right. no apparent reason. Well, and mm-hmm. uh, and I do want to thank Kev Too Tall. Uh, thank you for explaining it, but Kev Tutal actually explained it in Discord for us. He said, Zach Oh, did just... he? Yes, he did. He actually said, Zach, just in case you didn't know what a simp was, because I didn't, uh, I thought I had that one pinned down, but I was wrong on that. He said, uh, That is someone who does way too much for a person they like. So, streamer fans who do nothing but throw money and compliments at streamers, 99% of which are girls who they are most likely never going to really meet, and certainly not have a chance at a relationship like so many of them envision. Some simps are accepting of the term and the and the quotation marks relationships they do have with that streamer or social media personality. I also asked about incel because that was the one that I I just I didn't even have a guess. Uh, I re- I read that I didn't know what that meant either. Yeah, Kayla actually came through and explained it. I think she thought I was. <laughs> I was messing around at first, and then I was like, no, really, I don't know what this is. I want someone to explain this to me. Um, and uh, she explained it, and then actually Kev summarized it in the podcast form for us. So uh, so I want to say the words I'm about to say don't come from Kayla, but Kayla was the one who first explained it. It just Kevin actually wrote up a quick paragraph so that I could quickly read it. Um Uh, And he said, incel, involuntarily celibate, a frustrated virgin who feels as if the world owes them sex. A self-described incel is highly likely to blame their virginity on the other big number people on the planet rather than consider that maybe the problem lies inward. There is an incel. Uh, So just to be clear, Twitch is not banning these words outright. They are banning them as derogatory terms. They are claiming bans will happen on the base of context of use, uh, which is what Kev said. And I didn't know about the the banning them only in situational. I find it hard to believe that Twitch is going to be able to monitor something for situational stuff in that way. Uh, I feel like it's going to be an algorithm thing and you're just going to get flagged every time you say it and you can challenge it. That's that's how yeah. I feel like they're going to do that, unfortunately. Yeah, especially, I mean, there's there's a lot of like even worse words out there that like if it's okay to refer to them as like if somebody else said it and you're quoting somebody like it's okay then, like I I don't like that whole idea 
<laughs> yeah. Because if that's the case, you can say, I mean, you can throw whatever you want out there then, and it the it's pointless. Right. Right. You know what I don't like about them banning stuff is it always seems to, every time I hear, you know, someone gets hit with the ban, it, if it's a little guy, they get screwed. If it's a guy that's, you know, a multi-million dollar, uh, you know, that Twitch makes a ton of money off of, they let it slide. They get a slap on the wrist. And yeah, so it kind of sucks because it only really affects the guy that that doesn't make that much money as it is. Well, and I yeah. think I think some of these words that they're adding are making it real easy to, like, get confused. You know, like get confused with what is a derogatory. Like, again, the virginity thing kind of I, I know derogatory or whatever, but like virginity is a technical term for a lot of things. You know, you could be like you could even not even sexual. You could say a virgin to gaming, you know, yeah, or yep, a yep, virgin yep. to real time strategy. That's not derogatory in any way, shape or form. So it's kind of a tricky, really tricky. I feel like this is they're really opening themselves up for more and more misunderstandings. I. I mean, granted, I don't, I don't like the idea of an incel. I don't like that at all, and I don't necessarily want people to be proud of that. You know what I mean? I just, I don't know. It's tricky. It's tricky with that kind of stuff. Yeah, it is. Um, all right, so that's fan traction, guys. Uh, that's it. That's that's everything everybody had to say. Um, so you guys want to move on to our first talking point? Sure. Do it. Horrible gaming podcast. All right, everybody. That brings us to our father's talking point. Now, before we get into this, I just want to say last week's show was uh, epically negative. I hate, I hate participating in it, whether people enjoyed it or not. Um, so I really wanted a super positive show this week. Plus, it's the last show of the year. Uh, on top of that. Um, there's not a ton of news right now. There just isn't. There's a lot of little things, but nothing that's worth a talking point. Um, so basically, uh, what I wanted to do was start something new for the Discord, and that is called Five Favorites. So what we're going to do, we're going to start a thread on the Discord, and the three foundation members, this is one of the big reasons we got Phil Billy on, uh, are going to give you guys right now live our five favorite games. These are games we've played a significant amount of uh, relatively recently. Um, and then basically we're going to post them so that you guys can see what we're playing right now. There'll be standard recommendations, basically, if you guys want good games, games that we like, if you want to try and play them. If you want to try and play with us, you'll be able to see the multiplayer games that we play so that you can find us on there. And uh, just just in general, what we're doing and what we're participating in. With that said... The other thing I want to state is this is going to be an ongoing thing. So that thread will change as we decide to do it. We'll check in every so often on the podcast with any changes. Uh, myself, Phil Willie, and Neil will be able to post in the thread as well to be able to, you know, post, hey, bump this one for this one, and so on and so forth. So it will be a living list, and I think that will be a really cool way to interact with you guys, the fans. So that being said... Everybody got their fives? Yep. Yeah. You have to say yes. I did. <laughs> I said yeah. I know. I know. Uh, <laughs> so who, who wants to go first? Phil, you want to go first? Sure. Why not? So, uh, yeah. So the five 
favorite games that I'm currently playing. Uh, I've been playing a lot of Call of Duty Warzone. Um, I don't even own the game. Like, I don't even own Call of Duty. I just play Warzone like crazy. So all my buddies have these cool skins and stuff, and I'm just rocking like generic Joe uh, (laughs) running through the world. But I'm pretty decent at it, and... If any of you guys play, I would surely love to get you guys in our group. Um, I've also been playing Godfall, uh, mainly with Zach uh, for the show, but I have played a little bit uh, on my own. Um, I play a lot of, a good amount of Deep Rock Galactic. That's another one where if you guys want to get in, um, me, Zach, and Filthy Phil play fairly regularly, I would say. It's a lot of fun. Um, I've I, I I slumped off a little bit lately, but I went back a couple weeks ago into Grounded to uh, check out some of the new updates. Uh, that's a fun ongoing game that's constantly growing that I could I can see myself keep you know coming back to, uh, especially when I get bored with uh, you know something else. And I'm just running out of stuff to play. It's always fun to jump into. And then uh, my fifth would be like, uh, so Wasteland 3, I beat it. But uh, so I haven't played it like really recently, but there are DLC coming out and I'm pretty excited to jump back into that once the DLC drops, as well as just to throw on like the party games that we'll play sometimes like uh like uh among us and stuff like that like anytime uh i'm down for those quick little games uh like an honorable mention yeah yeah um all right so let's talk about your list for a second uh i I, it's a great list man i actually uh knew you were gonna put some on here so i I moved, like there was a couple that I was going to put on here that I purposely didn't so that we had kind of a wider range of reviews because I know you and my taste overlap a little bit, whereas I know Neil is going to be a little bit different. Um, yeah. Just want to say, almost all these games were either nominated or award winners at the Horrible Game Awards. Yeah, they were, funnily <laughs> enough. Uh, which, <coughs> which one do you recommend the most? To anybody out there, um, if you're into first-person shooters, uh, like competitively, uh, definitely Warzone. And if you're into um, like party first-person shootery games, then Deep Rock Galactic. Those would be my two uh, big pushes for you guys to try out. This is a this is an absolutely great list absolutely great list i really want to go back to grounded and try out the new koi pond stuff yeah i played with it a little bit yeah it it didn't ruin my base which i was happy about (laughs) (laughs) well that's good that's good i haven't gone back to it since the updates and i'm i'm kind of nervous to see what i'll find there um i do want to second your your motion on Deep Rock Galactic. It's on my list too. Uh, it's actually my number one. I love Deep Rock Galactic. <laughs> like the only bummer about it is that it doesn't really play good by itself, by yourself. But like if you're in a party, if you can find like two or three other people to play with, holy crap, that game is fun. 
Yeah, it is. Um, but I, I guess I'll just go into my list now. Uh, so that's my number one. Uh, my number two is Surprise, and it just catapulted into my favorites last night when I bought it. Uh, I, I was going to have an early night. I was just going to try this game. I ended up playing it way, way, way too late. And I have no, I, I, ne- I never expected it to be so good, but that's Star Wars Squadrons. That game is so much fun. So much fun. So much fun. I uh, might have to check that out. Yeah, we can talk about it. I, I Let me get through the list and we can just talk about anything we want to talk about. Uh, Watch Dogs Legion is my number three. I do love it. I will say after beating it with my main game, I have a little bit less drive to go back to it, but um, I, I do like streaming it, so I'll probably stream it again. Uh, Soviet Jump Game, uh, I love that game. I still play it. Anytime I don't have something to play or I don't feel like playing anything or I just want to jump into a quick game, I play Soviet Jump Game. Ooh, excuse me. Sorry, guys. Um, and then my fifth is, is Godfall as well. Uh, I do enjoy Godfall. I am only playing it with you just because I'm stuck at a part that I can't get by without some help. But those are my my top five. So, yeah, Star Wars Squadrons is amazing, guys. Like, seriously amazing. Like, it's not a perfect game by any means, but, man, it's so much fun to have dogfights in that game. Yeah, it, it looks interesting to me. And we talked a little bit about what you think the shortcomings are with it, but... Uh, I might check it out, especially since it's on sale. Yeah, really my only shortcoming so far, and I don't have enough hours to actually do a proper review yet, but my only shortcomings of it so far is that there's not quite enough to do in it. They didn't put enough modes in. There's only really two modes for multiplayer, and the story is only like, I think it's only like 10 hours or so, but like, if you're somebody who likes the like has always wanted to like get into the tech part of of Star Wars like no games really have done that before now this one just like you can really customize your loadouts and really there's a lot that goes into actually the piloting it's very in depth it's not just an arcade shooter which is really nice and it's only a $40 game right it's not even a $40 game right now it's on sale everywhere for $23 which is why i got it Oh jeez! Yeah, you can pick it up for twenty three bucks, and it is it is well, well, well worth the twenty three dollar price tag. I, I'll say that right now. Like you're gonna get twenty three dollars worth out of it. Um, the story so far, I I only did the first two missions, and then I jumped into the multiplayer for a little bit just because I wanted to try them both out. Uh, but the story seems really interesting too, and well voice acted. Um, I'm actually kind of bummed I didn't get to play this before the Horrible Game Awards because. I feel like maybe this would have been somewhere uh, in our in our awards list if I had. Um, it's one of those that just like I regret like we can't play everything, you know. But it's yeah. it's a lot of fun. Like I said, I feel like it could get old at some point because there's not a lot in it yet. But um, man, the dogfighting is so 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 good. Uh, so Neil, your list, buddy. All right. Uh, well, at the very top right now, it's Cyberpunk. Regardless of you know anything going no on judgment. with the game, we're not going to judge you. I, 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 uh, I mean, granted, I haven't been able to play it in about a week at this point, just because Christmas and life and everything like that. Um, but it's it's held my attention a lot more than most things have. I mean, I put in like twenty some hours now 
uh, and it came in, it came out like two weeks ago, which is huge for me. Uh, that amount of game time in that short uh, span of time. Um, then, uh, honestly, everything else has been kind of further back a ways uh, since I played it last. But um, the Final Fantasy VII Remake, uh, I I got a solid 35, 40 hours out of that. Um, there is like some stuff that unlocks after you beat the game that you can go back in to do. And I kind of want to put that game through its paces on the PS5 and see how it, uh, how much better it looks. Um, yeah, I bet you and it looks a little bit better. It's a pretty good looking game to start anyway. It really was. I mean, I mean, I'm play. I played it before on our PS4 Slim, and there's it. It looked like just the the visuals on it were fantastic, even on that. Um, I am still trying to grind out to get to level 99 in kingdom hearts three so i can go through and finish the dlc um that basically they charge you 35 bucks for a part of the game that you already played but you get to see a different side of it that literally doesn't do anything at all but the bulk of what you're paying for in that is the data battles of like basically supercharged bosses but you have to be level 99 to even stand a chance against them so i'm at level 97 right now and that's only because i found a way to uh, cheese the leveling system so i have about 20 minutes 20 more minutes of cheesing the leveling system before (laughs) i can go in and try and do that um so there's that um Doom Eternal, uh, I'm still trying to get through the DLC. Uh, I'll go back to it briefly. I'll play through for like an hour or so, and then I'll be like, okay, well, that's enough now. Partially because it's somewhat anxiety-inducing. What Mm. they did (laughs) with the DLC, they're like, hey, all that stuff, you know how it was pretty tough? Well, guess the fuck what? They cranked it up to like 12 They're throwing like they throw two marauders at you at the same time. I wouldn't be surprised if they did a three at the same time. Normal encounters that would take like 10 minutes to clear out a room take 15, 20 now. Um, it's it's a lot more difficult, a lot more ripping and tearing. But at the same time, the game is made in such a way where it does not feel it doesn't feel unfair when you die. There's, I mean, there are very limited times where like I've accidentally dashed back into a corner and then I just get decimated in 0.2 seconds. But outside of that, like if you do what you're doing, like there's none of that. Oh, well, that should have killed that guy or, oh, I know that shot connected. Like, no, like whenever you die, it's, you know, in your mind, it's because you screwed up somewhere along the way. Okay. Um, and the complete polar opposite of that is Tetris effect. Um, I had been wanting to play that game forever when it came out on the PS4. Um, and then when I finally went to try to get a hold of it, it was nowhere to be found outside of online. Well, lo and behold, it came out on Game Pass. So I didn't even have to pay anything extra for it. Downloaded it, played through it. I finished the campaign mode. Uh, and then I've just been toying around with some of the uh, special types of game modes there's game modes that 
want you to clear a specific block as fast as you can or like score attack, time attack. Um, but they also have like relaxation modes too, which are like really cool. They're just super chill and laid back and it just lets you kind of slip into like a zen like state, I guess. Um, but overall, like the, the music in the game and the game itself, how those two are married together is just wonderful. It's a good five. I, you know, speaking on the anxiety of Doom Eternal, I think that's one of the things that actually bugs me a little bit about uh, Grounded is uh, I think I think I might actually, even though I kill spiders, I got no problems with them. Uh, some sort of mild arachnophobia. It actually, those those spiders actually bug me out. <laughs> it, it, I don't know what it is. Like I, I know what you mean. Yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna look like a real a real weenie for saying this, but like, man, I see those things and they start crawling towards you. I get legitimately afraid in my brightly lit house <laughs> knowing it's a game. Like it, it, it starts to get to me. And sometimes that keeps me from playing it. I think that's the only thing that keeps me from playing it a little bit. You know, I kind of get that way too. In certain games, like the one that I've found most recently is in cyberpunk. If you're walking around in an, in a higher level area and you see a dude with that skull above their head, I immediately like the butthole clenches and I try to get out of line of sight as fast as right. possible right. because I know I cannot take what this guy's about to dish out. The the only time my butthole clenches that bad I, I is uh Devil Joe showing up in uh Monster, oh, Monster yeah. Devil yeah. Joe that, or yeah, like you're just fighting another monster and then the murder pickle shows up and it's like, no. I'm sorry, the what? Okay. <laughs> you got to look it up on your computer. Look up Devil Joe. It's spelled D-E-V-I. Oh, man. I think it's L-J-H-O. Uh, yeah. They call him the murder pickle because he looks like a pickle. He looks like a giant scary pickle. But basically, he's like a dinosaur, but yeah, yeah. the there he's an invader class. And in, in Monster Hunter world, you have these like monsters that you go to hunt. Well, certain monsters, they will just like like they will attack you when you're attacking other monsters like they love to jump into the fight when you're fighting another monster. And that's what they do. Like him and Basil Geist, they'll just like. <laughs> he does look like a does, pickle. Right? Doesn't he? <laughs> Devil Joe is a nightmare. So like. Uh, oh, yeah. This picture is also very unpleasant as well, though. Yeah. Well, Devil Joe is a very scary dude. I, the, the thing, the other thing is the music changes when the invaders come. So like you'll just be fighting the the monster and it'll be like dun 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 and then all of a sudden it'll be like and you're like no where is he where is he how did I get snuck up on by a by a twelve story murder pickle like how did that happen and and Devil Joe I I have bad stories about him because I used to I tried to kind of game the system a little bit by hunting him earlier to get his specific weapon that did so much damage against everything else around the game, but that meant that I had to hunt him at a lower level repeatedly over and over again, and it was just was hellish. A hellish series of five hours that uh, has made me hate Devil Joe for the rest of my life. <laughs> he's, a, he's actually a really good designed monster to he is. fight. Though. He is. Him and, him and Basil, guys. Hell, for that same reason you guys were talking is why I can't play games like um, Resident Evil and stuff. Mm. Like, 
I, I like those games. I've played them when I was younger with people, but I could never sit down and play that game by myself. Not because it, it's not like I'm afraid. It's just, I, I don't, it makes me feel a way that. No, I get you. you know, it makes you me feel know, uncomfortable. You know, I, I, I don't know. This is, this might go off on a slight side tangent, That's but fine. we got time. Yeah. Uh, famous last words. Um, <laughs> So, uh, whenever, uh, the, uh, Resident Evil 2 remake came out, uh, I had gone down to visit friends and a buddy of mine kind of had me marathon the entire thing in two days. One, I would suggest to anyone never do that, uh, (laughs) because it's just frustrating because two, this whole, the, the Mr. X, you know, chasing you around and everything like that it's anxiety inducing for a while knowing that he can full like full well show up at any given time and just totally wreck your wreck your biscuits right but there comes a point where it's not anxiety for being like oh man i gotta get away from this guy it's anxiety of if he shows up right now, my actual literal progress in the game is in jeopardy and right. in not in a good way. Like there's a part I, I'm only I might be remembering it wrong completely, but you have to move a bookcase in a library, but he shows up there and you have to basically kite him around to a point that you can run down, push this bookcase a teeny tiny bit and then run away because he'll get you. And you're just running in circles in this library endlessly mm-hmm. to, to accomplish this task. And it's like, this is where it's like the suspense is used in a wrong way. It's not the suspense of what could happen in the game. It's the suspense of the game. It turns into like a meta sort of thing. If I'm, making sense with it yeah like you're yeah. worried you're worried about if i die here i'm literally wasting time not right. like right it, it's not that it's not fair it's just like a bad design sort of thing at least in my eyes no. and i don't think that's uh, like i'll give resident evil its due but i don't think that's great design no 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 i i get what you're saying i know those kind of games too and that's very old school mentality where you get into that moment where you're like, you're not even scared that you're going to die. You're scared that like, I'm going to die and I'm going to lose everything I've done in the last two hours. And sometimes it's just like, it's not even scared. It just like it, that part there, it did turn from anxiety to actual frustration. Yeah. Because that you're, has made you're me put spending... down games before. Honestly. Yeah. It's yeah. a fine line to toe. And that part there, honestly, that's when I started to sour on the experience as a whole was that part right there. Like right. I just got frustrated to, and it was like, I'm glad I didn't, I didn't end up finishing the game. My buddy finished the last 45 minutes, an hour of it. Right. But that right there was just like, I, I don't want it anymore. <laughs> I, I will say I do love moments in games where they ramp up the tension out of nowhere sometimes. Uh, oh yeah. Like, you remember, uh, did you ever play the Prince of per- Persia games, the original trilogy? Not the original, original one on computer. I'm talking about Sands of Time, Warrior's Way, and uh, Two Thrones. Nah, the only one I played was the just Prince of Persia for 360 and PS3. That's Sands of Time. Um, no, it's not even that one. 
Oh, you're talking about the the kind of reboot one that. Yeah, that one. Yeah, uh, which I I didn't hate that game. It just wasn't yeah. what people wanted. So in Warrior's Way, uh, they have this thing. It is it's one of the coolest game designs I've ever had. I've ever I've I've just loved that part. So like, the whole thing in Sands of Time is you can manipulate time. Well, right. you find out that because you can manipulate time, there's actually this this just like entity called the Dahaka that just cleans up time. That's all it does is it finds mistakes and like paradoxes and wipes them out. So it starts coming after the prince and the whole plot of the second game is you're trying to figure out a way to get out from under this basic like curse, like un basically unfuck yourself, right? Yeah. But the whole game you're being chased by this Dahaka. So like What's so cool, and that's all like those like crazy platforming wall running stuff they do in that. So you'll just be in this scene, and like you'll jump back and forth between the present where the Dahaka is and the past where shit's going down, and to get around like puzzles and stuff. Whenever you jump to the present, it's just like this like in your head. You're like, he's fucking coming. I know he's coming. And then they got uh, Godsmack's "I Stand Alone." <laughs> They actually got – they paid Godsmack for the riff to that. So every time he shows up, you just hear the like – and you have to just book it while this thing just tears stuff up behind you. And uh, if you died, it wouldn't like send you back three hours. But I just – I always remembered that music would just key in and I would just like – I'd make so many more jumps than I normally would because of it. Yeah, scripted stuff, I, I'm cool with scripted stuff because at that point, like, if you do screw up and lose progress, well, it's like you know that's going to happen there right. at that point. Um, like there was one uh, – when I was playing through Dead Space, there are certain parts where there's a wall tentacle that will come around the corner and grab you, and then it turns into like a timed thing. It's going to drag you into that hole in the wall mm. if you don't bust the tentacle up. Um, and it like there's no lead up or anything. You get like two seconds maybe to realize that it's going to happen because it has the same sort of animation. Like you'll be totally just walking around and it's certain corners. It's not like random corners. You'll come around the corner and then you'll see that tentacle whip around the corner and you have two seconds to get yourself in the mindset of I need to blow this thing up or else I'm going to die. <laughs> um, which that like that I think is the perfect level of like oh shit i guess is what we can call it right um that's the perfect amount of that so that way like if you do screw up and you do die well you know you know this is going to be here at that point right. but of course the fact that it's scripted does kind of take Help away it, from the yeah, effect that it's that it's trying to make so again yeah. So like like Phil was saying earlier, it's like there's a line that you have to walk with that sort of stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You got any butthole clenching moments there, Phil? And then we'll move on to the next topic. Butthole clenching moments. Um, not that come to me off the top of my head I other can... than like, oh, 
the 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 episode of Monster Hunter where we almost lost my butt always clenched oh, pretty man. hard. Oh man, the seven second one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that one was it was truly yeah. I was I was tight. It went from like the worst feeling in the world yeah. to the best feeling. My in butt the world stayed and... clenched. I didn't get to poop for uh, like <laughs> sixteen hours. I tell you, one butthole clenching moment that you and I have both experienced is in Deep Rock Galactic. Anything that grabs you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there are these things in that game. And Phil's already laughing. There's these things in that game. You can actually check it out on the stream. They, like, burrow through ground, kind of like ground sharks. And uh, yeah. they just hate me. I don't know what I did to these ground sharks, but they just find me. And if they jump at you in a certain way, they catch you and they just drag you around the ground. And somebody has to shoot them so that you can get out of their mouth. There's also these like clave tentacles that'll grab you and like little insects that'll come up and you never see them coming. Just all of a sudden you're in this and just flipping, flopping around and just like screaming at your friends like, it's got me, it's got me. Yeah, Neil, there's this one time you have to, when you're done with the mission, you have to like call in a drop pod and and it comes (laughs) and you got to go to the drop pod. And I was playing with Zach and Filthy and... We're all together, and all of a sudden, one of those flying ones grabs me, and it takes me so far back (laughs) that now the timer runs out before I can get to the drop pod, so they left without me. Aww. They left him behind. He was was done. He was done. Uh, All right. Uh, So that was fun. That was a lot of fun. You guys want to move on to the second talking point? Sure. Sounds good to me. Horrible Gaming Podcast. All right, so that brings us to our second talking point on the super positive uh, We All Love Each Other show. (laughs) Um, And that is, what are we most excited for in 2021? 2020 is out of the way. The cyberpunk debacle is behind us for the most part. Uh, we're moving on. <laughs> we're moving on. It is. It is. You, you either are okay with that game or you hate that game. They're going to get the shit suit out of them. I'm, I'm moving on. Like, like it's a burning house, but nobody's living in it anymore. And I can just, I can go down the road and be okay. The fire department's going to take care of it. I'm done. It's out. I don't have to worry about whether it's good or not. So fair. what are we excited for in 2021 what are the games that are getting our juices flowing man um juices juices baby i I, I made it sexy um uh, juices is what you use for sexy no no it it really (laughs) really isn't uh so uh let's go to you first neil what's your most excited what are you excited for this year uh well as long as it holds true to everything that they've said so far fingers crossed i don't know maybe halo infinite um <laughs> i'm having a hard time getting excited about that i'm not actually, gonna lie like I, i'd be I, excited about a new halo game but uh there's just too much shit around it right now well you know i actually just saw is this isn't enough to put it in a in an odds and ends but i saw an image that somebody shared whether or not it's true or not remains to be seen but uh they the page for Halo Infinite on the Xbox claims that the game is coming November 14th or 15th in 2021. I feel like that would have made waves if that was true, uh, because I saw that like four days ago and I haven't heard anything since. Um, but I mean, Halo Infinite at this point, like it's make or break. Yeah. It's really make or break for the franchise as a whole. Uh, they've been hyping this game up. This was going to be the game that was going to drive the Series X 
Like it's literally all over their promotional stuff and nowhere to be found for another entire year yet. But I, I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm holding out hope. I feel like Microsoft is going to treat their baby with the love and respect that baby chief deserves. Well, um, this is a positive show. I want this to be positive, so I'm going to just go ahead and nod at you. All right. Yeah, no. I'm I'm glad you're staying optimistic. I am very nervous about that game. Very. I am too. No, that – I mean I'm optimistic, but I am nervous as ever-loving shit. Especially, like we've said, they when they showed it to us back in July, they thought it was going to be ready to go this year. And right. clearly it's not ready to go right. over a year later. It was running so, on a PC and it looked right. like shit. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, 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 Phil, or, or is that is that it, Neil? Did you want to add anything to that or should I go to Phil? No, uh, I don't know how we're going through the list of them. But I, mean, I don't, that was just I don't know. I was I was saying that everybody should pick one, but I, it doesn't matter to me. If, if, if you want to say more than one, it's fine. There's no well, rules here. I know this I'm going to piggyback off of – I know I'm going to piggyback off of one of them. So there's just one other one that I wanted to mention that uh, I'm going to be excited about. And it's, I don't know. I feel like it's just a me thing. Uh, The sequel to the world ends with you. I forget if it has an actual name. I had talked about it a couple weeks ago that there was the possibility of a sequel announcement. There is, it was, there is, there's a sequel. um, And it looks like that they're changing the format. It looks like it's going to be an actual 3d open world game. Yeah. That yeah, in, I actually shared it to, to Discord and said you were right. Yeah. I don't think you oh, saw yeah. it, but... Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah I saw I, that. And it was like right I'm, after you said it, too. I am stupid excited for that game because that is a game that I never in my wildest dreams thought was going to get a sequel. And, you know, games with only one entry in a series that you like, they're cult classics like that, like this is. I mean... I, I, I'm excited for it. They have an anime coming out for it too, apparently. So yeah. Yeah. Well, that was the first announcement. And then I was like, Oh, they're just doing an anime. And then they were like, we're doing a game too. And I was like, sweet, yeah, sweet. Uh, all right. Uh, Phil, Billy, you go next, man. Unless you want me to go, it's up to you. No rules. Huh. I'll go. Um, so I did cheat. I, I picked three because, and there was a reason I picked three. So after 2020 and its uh, lackluster performance on some of the ones that I was hyped about, like, obviously I wasn't hyped, but a lot of people were about, uh, you know, uh, 2077, but obviously that didn't pan out like everyone expected, whether you like it or not. And even like Godfall, while I play it, it's not everything I hoped it would be. It's not everything I feel that we were told it would be. Well, and, and the real bummer is it's not going to, I don't feel like it's got any staying power. Like, yeah, I it would doesn't keep playing it if it did, but I don't feel like it has any. Yeah. It's a dead game. I'm having fun with it, but it, it'll be a dead game. Um, So I picked three, like I'm most excited for outriders. Like that is right up my alley. It's coming out in February, I believe. I haven't heard February it's been 2nd. Uh, delayed any further. So yeah, yeah no I have my, so far. I have my fingers crossed, and I'm ready to go full in on Outriders. And I'm praying that uh, it is everything that I think and hope it will be. Um, I also 
I'm pretty confident that Monster Hunter Rise is going to be a good game. Yeah. Like, I don't think they can screw up Monster Hunter anymore after the success they've gotten uh, from World and uh, the expansion, Iceborne. Um, plus, that game is well-established, or that franchise is well-established now. Um and they have a lot of assets that they are able to, you know, reuse in different ways. I don't think that game can be bad, whether, you know, whether it's better than World or not. Uh, I think it'll still be a great game. And I now, well, my wife has a Switch, which she promised me she would let me use for that. <laughs> um, and then... <laughs> go ahead. It? I just wanted to add something to the Monster Hunter one. Yeah, and then um, Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, I don't have a, a ton of knowledge on what it, like, how far along it is, but uh, it's supposed to be an open world uh, Harry Potter uh, universe-styled game where you can create a character and all that, and I think that sounds awesome if it's done correctly. I've played some of the old Harry Potter games. I didn't like any of them, um, so I'm hoping this one is is what I would want from that universe. Let me build my, you know, my witch or warlock or whatever, and uh, go have fun in that in the magical wizarding world of Harry Potter. And I'll totally second that too. I. I know my wife is hyper excited for it so much so that uh, she tried to pre-order it when we went to go pre-order our PS5 and it wasn't even up for pre-order yet. Uh, but like that was shown off. Well, it wasn't shown off. It was leaked footage. It was like two years ago. Uh, yeah, and it looked pretty bad back then. To it me. looked pretty bad. Well, I mean, at that point, it was probably pre-alpha build. But I mean some of the stuff that they've shown now, I mean, we haven't seen any actual real gameplay. I don't think, I think it was just what was shown in the trailer was like cut scene in engine footage sort of deal. But yeah, that there, I I'm hoping that turns out because that'd be, that'd be fun. That I think that's what a lot of people who are really into that fandom want not to be Harry Potter, but to be somebody in that world. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I'll, I'll definitely keep my eye on it. I'm going to go ahead and add to your other two. Uh, I, Outriders, I would have been my pick, but I knew you were going to pick it, so I picked <laughs> something else. Uh, but Outriders looks amazing. I cannot wait to play Outriders. I think it's going to be a series for us. I'm very excited for it, um, and I, I think it could be, I think it could be a more depth, more hard ass Borderlands, and I, I'm very excited for that. Um, in addition to that one, I also want to say that uh, Monster Hunter Rise looks great. They also they tend to use that same engine. They tend to use that same uh, those same assets, even though they're not like they kind of stay on old tech. Um, and because of that, they don't hit a lot of bugs. You know, like Monster Hunter yeah. World had some connectivity issues, but like there's no bugs in that game for the most part. And uh, that's what I'm excited about is I, I feel like that game will be a very complete experience from the get-go. Yeah, I think it's a sure pick to not be disappointing. Right. 
Right. I I think if it's disappointing at all, it'll be the gameplay or the size of it because it's on Switch. But I think at the very least, it's going to be fun and it's going to deliver the Monster Hunter experience to you. You know what I mean? Whether it's superior or not to Monster Hunter World is another story, but I think it will at least deliver that experience to you on Switch, you know? Yep. Um, so mine, uh, I'm going to go ahead and have two uh, since everybody else cheated. Um, but... Uh, my my first one is I don't know if anybody's gonna second this, but I'm super excited for it. I want to play it so bad. It comes out in June, and that is Back for Blood. I oh yeah, I have both Left for Dead's uh, backwards compatible on my Xbox One. I love those games. I love the style of those games. They're so much fun to play with other people, and Back for Blood looks really good. Like like really good as far as a third one goes. So I'm very excited to play that. Um, and in addition to that, an indie game that I'm kind of waiting for is Almighty Kill Your Gods. And if anybody's wondering, take a look on Steam. You can, uh, it's on there and you can put, you can check out the trailer for it. You basically play this like mystical fighting badass who hunts gods and like cuts off limbs to build cities. It's, looks Oh, cool. I remember yeah. that. I didn't know that was, I, I didn't even know that game is still a thing. It is still a thing. But and it was it supposedly says it's coming out in 2021, but they haven't said more about it. Um so it it could get delayed. I, I don't know how close or far away they are from doing it, but I'm going to assume it's coming out this year and I'm very excited for that one. I think that'll be a really a surprise hit for me anyway. Uh all right. So that's what we're excited for. You guys want to move on to the horrible arena? Or odds and ends? Sure. Horrible gaming podcast. All right, so that brings us to odds and ends. These are little talk, little uh, news stories that don't deserve a talking point, but we still want to mention. Uh, Neil, I only got one. I know you got a bunch, so I'm just going to go first because mine's. Yeah, quick. go ahead. Uh, so I'm usually very hard on IGN, uh, with which I think is fair, especially in this year. Um, but I do want to say good for them on giving Hades Game of the Year award. I did not – I would have never put it past them to give an indie game such a prestigious award. Usually it's it's almost always the big AAAs that win all those, and usually the indie games that get in are just kind of like we had to nominate this for whatever. But they actually, they actually gave Hades the Game of the Year award uh, for IGN, which – I'm just going to give, I'm just, you know, I give a lot of negativity when they do bad stuff, uh, but I feel like this was a really good thing they did. So I'm going to give them some props. Good job, IGN, for, for giving the little guys the win that they deserve. Yeah. Um, so uh, Google is doing something that they should have been doing with Stadia all along. Okay. Um. Whenever you're signing up for a trial or use like an actual full subscription, even if you want to be that crazy person who just jumps straight into a subscription, um, whenever you're doing that, uh, Google Stadia now offers you a free half hour to try a game on the service to see if your internet can handle it. Good. That's about Which time. is like, they should have done yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah, should have been doing that from the start. I don't want to applaud them for doing that because I wouldn't want to make them think that they're doing something right at all. Um, but yeah, there's that. 
Um, well, it's weird too. It's like, how do you applaud somebody? Like, it's like, oh, you did the thing you should have been doing an hour, like a year and a half late. You know, that's it's hard thing. to say. Great. I, I, it's a very sarcastic clap to them, in my opinion. Right. Um. So, uh, as I kind of mentioned earlier, uh, I think it was last week it was that we talked about the petition to get the Xbox One version of Halo Infinite canceled. Um, well, there was a job listing for an art lead at 343 for Halo Infinite. However, the games listed for that were Xbox Series S and X and PC. No mention of the Xbox One version anywhere. So uh, the Internet exploded and said, oh, my God, they're actually canceling the Xbox One version. However, the community manager was forced to come out and say, basically, it's not been canceled and literally complained that he just wants to enjoy his holiday. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, can confirm Xbox One version of Halo Infinite has not been canceled. So, we will see what happens with that. Um, I think it's a bit ridiculous, too, that, like, like the gamer community sometimes is a little crazy. Like, it's like... Oh, yeah. Like, you leave one line out, and it's like, you assume that they canceled the game, you know, for a job posting. Like, that could have been a typo, guys. Like, just right. pull your jets a little... Um, so, uh, very interesting here, uh, an article from a site called market watch, uh, came out and said that gaming revenue is actually expected to surge 20% by the end of 2020 to $179.7 billion. Now that is bigger than both box office numbers and sports industries combined. So games make hella money, yo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they do. Yeah. yeah there's and... nothing to add to that. I mean, I think anybody who's not taking note or not taking video games as a true force uh, right now is kind of an idiot. That's part of the problem yeah. with people defending or saying, oh, they should charge more for games. No, they shouldn't. Well, they that's, make that's money true. elsewhere. That's true. Especially with like monetization and stuff well, that, like that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, if if you want to stand by the argument of games should cost more, then there shouldn't be any monetization. Exactly. And, if, and and that will never happen because that'll put the gaming industry back where it was in the '90s, where it didn't make that kind of money. Right. Right. Yeah, I think the monetization really makes it a ton of money. Honestly, you look more and more at plans. Uh, and how things are changing, you're looking more and more at games that are all about monetization instead of a upfront price. Price tag, yeah. That's why that I think that seventy dollar thing is kind of bullshit. If if it oh, stays yeah. the way it is, you know. And I I fully I fully expect it to make that make that switch. Everybody's going to be charging seventy dollars when we have the oh, full yeah. next gen games coming out, but they're not going to walk away. They're not going to walk away from all that monetization, but I mean, it's gotten so ridiculous and aggressive. I mean, there's been legislation drawn up in various countries and investigations into this sort of stuff. So 
they can take, take, take all they want in regard to monetization, but it's getting to the point that it's getting out of control and governments are starting to notice and they're going to start regulating that stuff even more. Right. Yeah. Um, so uh, my last one, uh, Dbrand, uh, which is an electronic customization company, is going to try what others have tried before it and launch custom PlayStation 5 faceplates. Uh, what makes this a standout is they are so convinced that they're good, golden, and able to do this. Uh, they have said that they would love to see Sony try to sue them. Uh, wow, I'm sure they bad. will. <laughs> that's that's the wrong company to pick a fight with. I mean, they already sued one company over this. Like, why exactly. would they not sue you? I, and, I'm going to go ahead and say you probably shouldn't pre-order your face, please. <laughs> right. Like, but at the same time, like, Sony, there has been so many sites that are offering this sort of stuff you've made the playstation 5 with the ability to take those panels off that's easy money yeah why 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 are you not capitalizing on that i mean we just got done bitching about monetization and everything like that but i would be totally fine throwing down you know like 20 30 dollars on like atomic clear blue side panels right, for my playstation right. 5 and i'll I think tell you guys what i'm gonna start a business i'll quit my job you send me your face plates and i will wrap them in any vinyl that exists out there right and I, like and i can just start a business like that yeah i, I did what, it to my pc i'll do it to your playstation <laughs> yeah and what what gets me too about that is like there will eventually come a time when consoles, those PS5s are starting to die, get broken, and people are going to sell strictly just the faceplates. Yeah. And they just do it for themselves anyways. So why is Sony not getting ahead of it and trying to make money off of it when inevitably somebody else somewhere along the the line is going to do it? You know, Sony has a real problem with like cutting their knees off to spite their face. And I, I've said that before, even with their games market, the exclusivity that they lord over things doesn't make them money. It doesn't make them money to have all those exclusives because people would pay for them on other consoles. Like, it, it doesn't... Like, they are... They have such an old world protect their stuff in uh, a mindset that I, I think it kind of hurts them, especially in moments like this when they could very easily say okay, pay us a small amount of it and you can do whatever you want with your fake face. Just like Phil Billy said, man, these people are just going to do vinyl stuff anyway. Like, why not make the option that you can customize it and then make money off of it? doesn't make sense. Yeah. Right. All well, right. that's all I got. All right. Well, let's go ahead and go to the Horrible Arena. Horrible Gaming Podcast. All right, that brings us to the moment you've all been waiting for, the main event, the Horrible Arena. What is the Horrible Arena for people who have not watched or listened? Well, first of all, you should watch or listen more. What the Horrible Arena is, is the co-hosts are going to pitch you a game. They're going to pitch you the developer, the title, what the game is. That pitch will be based on pre-existing criteria that we take turns picking unless we have a guest. In that case, the guest picks it. 
The pre-existing criteria this week is licensed game. It must be a game based on licensed material. Uh, with that in mind, the quantum coin has been tossed. I get to go first. So I'm going to pitch you this game, and you guys, of course, get to vote in all the places that we mention at the end of the show and tell us what you would spend your hard-earned money on. So here we go. Licensed game. My project will be called Project Parabellum. Um, I want you all to know out there that I have a pitch that I've been saving for some time that I think is a guaranteed win, especially with a guest that is Phil Billy. He will 100% vote for the pitch, but, that, but I'm not pitching that. I'm pitching my passion. I'm pitching a game that I would literally cut probably a finger off to play. So uh, it might not resonate with everybody, but I got to pitch it. I got to pitch my passion. So. What is Project Parabellum? Well, first of all, the developers Ubisoft, for no other reason than they seem to have a lock on the third-person action genre better than anybody else does. I couldn't really think of another third-person action game that was good other than Tomb Raider, but that's Square Enix, and I don't want them to make anything right now. So, Parabellum, the licensed product is the John Wick universe. Now, one of the things that uh, licensed products do wrong when they go into games is they kind of try and center it around the main characters or the main story, and that tends to hamstring what they can do and how they can pull stuff off. Whereas with this, I feel like you need to world build, and that's what this game would be all about. You would create a character. That character would have a specific origin. That origin could be a homeless person who works for the Bowery, uh, or it could be just like a hitman who got shipped in with the Bratva, uh, whatever with the different criminal organization, but this game is going to center around that really enigmatic, really creative, interesting criminal underworld that they set up in the John Wick movies. So you'll create this character. He will move into the high table stuff. He will start taking contracts, maybe as a contract killer, maybe as a bodyguard, whatever. Now, you will get three different types of currency in this game. You will get money, cash, which is used to spend on cosmetics, such as outfits. You will also have a house that you can visit and kind of hang out in, which will also serve as a social lobby when you're playing in multiplayer. You can trick this house out with the cash as well. You can also buy cars, which allow you to drive around in certain different levels and situations with the cash. Then you get coins. The coins are the Hitman coins from the movie. This stuff gets you the services, uh, the visits to the, to the gun sommelier, uh, the room in the Continentals, uh, which is the hotel in which you uh, none of the Hitmen can kill each other, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, then, of course, the third currency will be markers. Markers are the hardest to get, and they will be earned by doing special things for very important characters. They will give you lifeblood markers, which allow you to cash in for favors. These will be big ones because they'll allow you to get around a rather steep permadeath system. Uh, so your character can die. He can die permanently and then you got to restart, which makes this very interesting. Uh, you can also, what will happen at the beginning of each day is you will join into the game and your missions, depending on your origin, where you came from, uh, and who you work for, will be procedurally generated. Uh, it's also what you do, whether it's a bodyguard thing, whether it's a hitman thing, whatever. Uh, those procedurally generated missions, you can pick one and you can do it. You can also decide to bring your friends in, but you will have to share whatever rewards or bounties on the contract with them. 
which makes it even more interesting. Do you want to do it at a harder difficulty, risking your character, or do you want to bring your friends in but split the money? Uh, at that point, you will also move through the ranks, get higher and bigger contracts. You will also be able to customize your character. The customized character... Uh, the builds will be centered around kind of the crazy, interesting powers almost that the characters from the movies have. The Halle Berry character from the third movie who has two German shepherds who just jump around murdering things uh, with uh, bulletproof vests who carry extra ammo. That can be one of your special powers that you center around. Uh, maybe you are like the sushi ninjas from the third one who could just like functionally teleport by moving into a crowd and then just kind of coming out in another place. Uh, you could do the traditional stuff like John Wick, which is just very heavy gun foo. Uh, you can center around close combat or ranged combat, pistols, shotguns, whatever. Like a very deep build system here. One of the interesting things about the procedural generation in the contracts, you can also, if you want to, work as a fixer. You can get those procedurally generated contracts, uh, and instead of taking on one yourself, you can actually wholeheartedly ship them over to other players, friends of yours on the list. Uh, it's procedurally generated, moves through the server to the other person, and basically they can choose to accept it for money, and you'll get a cut as a finder's fee. So you can actually work it just as a fixer if you want. Uh, as you progress through and you get higher levels, we will do what's called like legendary contracts. These contracts will be contracts on like the big boys. And this is how you get some of the synergy with the licensing. When you get your character up to that high level point, these will be like raids. Uh, the raids will be going after John Wick himself, like in the second movie, or going after the, like the actual characters from the movie. They will be super hard. And what will be interesting about these raids is they'll work as functionally PvPVE. So they'll be a center target who is just like ungodly badass murder fest. But you and your friends and other teams of friends will be able to take these contracts depending on the days and go in and try and kill them. This will be the only time that the permadeath will not stand because these are going to be bloodbath fests. But And these will be the only time that you take on other players. But you'll have to fight other players to fight the main bad guy so that your team gets the contract and gets the giant money to split up between the two. Uh, so that's my game. It is... Project Parabellum, steeped in the John Wick universe, really use it to build out the system, build out the world of the high table, and just really, really give you a cool multiplayer and solo experience uh, while also having a lot of avenues to do. I want this to be a masterpiece of procedural generation. So uh, that's my pitch. Neil, it is your turn for a licensed game. Before I get into mine, I just want to say I really want to watch the John Wick movies. I know. I it's it's kind of sucks that a lot of that's lost on you. Uh I forced Phil to watch it all though. So <laughs> oh, Yeah. He's yeah, no, I we watched like half of the first one a while ago and I loved everything I saw of it and I need like I was like I want to finish it out and then watch the other ones, but You know, it's like uh John Wick is like if you I tell everybody the cool things about vampire stuff, uh, take out the vampire part and put in hitmen and criminals. And that's kind of the John Wick world. But they very slowly introduce it, and it, it it's just very cool and unique. But uh, Interesting. But yeah, go ahead and uh, go ahead and take your pitch, man. All right. Um, so uh, my game is going to be developed by Square Enix. 
And it is going to be a uh, story-driven single-player game. Uh, you would play as an ex-military espionage actor. After years in the military and a nice pension to live off of, your character would grow bored and eventually want to take a part-time job, eventually taking one in a fast food chain. However, word of your old life would reach the top brass of the company and would eventually lead to them calling you into a corporate meeting. Here, they would inform you of the big moves that they're planning to expand their reach wider into the fast food market. The game would revolve around you being sent into various corporate headquarters oh, no. to steal company secrets to bring them back to HQ. <laughs> um, it would play out similar to Hitman, where you have many options to accomplish the same goal of stealing these insider secrets. Want to go in stealthy and quiet? You can. Or you can just bust open the doors, grab the info off of a hard drive as well. The game would progress through multiple corporations each containing different information and how you, how much information you collect overall will affect the takeover power of your company in the end, in, in the end game leading to multiple possible endings. But I have not said the name of the company that you're working for yet. The name of that company is Taco Bell. And this game is called Demolition Man Franchise Wars. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. <laughs> That's uh, good. I, I, it was it's it's license on license and this is literally for some reason the only thing I could come up with. Dude, it's really unique. Like either you're going to get either you're going to get a lot of people who've seen Demolition Man and know what you're talking about or you're going to get a lot of people who have no fucking idea what you're talking so about. So here's the thing though. I only know that one piece of information from Demolition Man. What? I've never seen the movie. Oh god damn it, Neil. You need to see more movie. Oh my god. I know. I have Demolition I know. Man. I can loan it to you. I know. I I like <laughs> yeah, I know the, the story I know the story because Taco Bell like updated their actual right, like shit right. to be more in line with what was shown in the movie. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, but all yeah. Right. Well, that that goes to the vote. Uh, Phil, you got to give us which one you want to play. Uh, this week I have got to go. I thought both both pitches were really good, but I got to go with the uh, John Wick game this week because. I uh, watching that movie I was like I want to make a character in that world like <laughs> it's it's perfect for a game really just the way everything works being open world being able to pick up what contracts you want to do stuff like that so yeah my vote although Neil's was good I haven't seen Demolition yeah, Man but... I think that's another part of it too uh, but thank you sir I appreciate the first vote I enjoy it. What will we be pitching about next week? So I am going to stick with my theme of being very open. And uh, this is what I want to see from you guys. I want to see a since cyberpunk wasn't exactly what everyone thought and hoped it would be. I just want you guys to pitch 
an RPG. I don't care what it is, if it's a, a top-down CRPG, if it's a, you know, cyberpunk style or, you know, uh, Oblivion style RPG. And I will even leave it open. You could use licensed material if you want. You could be totally brand new. But I want to know what the general plot is. Like, obviously, there's side missions and stuff. But just the general overview. What's the world that you're in? And maybe touch on character creation. And, and yeah, go from there. So just basically an RPG. Yeah. I like Uh, it. Just your perfect RPG. I do. I I did like the 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 last one you pitched to us too. I like the openness of it. It kind of like lets me and Neil go crazy a little bit. I think. Yeah. For once in my life, I already have an idea for a pitch. Oh, that's exciting! Oh my god, <laughs> very exciting! I'm excited about this one. I'm excited about this one. All right, uh, so that being said, we're going to tell you all the places you can spend your hard-earned money to decide which one of us won. Uh... Horrible Gaming Podcast. All right, that brings us to the end of the show and the shameless self-promotion that that brings. So, uh, and by that I mean plugs. Guest goes first. Phil Billy, you got anything special you want to plug this week? Uh, we are still rolling through. Well, we just finished season one of our Godfall three three zero show, but that will be coming back after the new year. And um, as uh, I can't think of anything else right off the top of my head, I want to plug. I am going to do my terrible talk i promise when i find time <laughs> Ooh, uh, that's fine that's fine take your time man been wanting to do it for like three months now <laughs> <laughs> um all right uh neil what do you got to plug well before you do that i do want to add a couple of things to phil billy's thing uh we do not know the release date yet but it will be relatively soon uh the final track of Nick's Red Delirium uh, album is Ain't Scared, Never Been Scared, which you heard a bit of it in the OMG W finale. Uh, But uh, the actual official video, all the footage was captured by Philbilly playing Warzone. Yep. We we had to do some creative editing on that one, but uh, well, some creative transporting of editing on that one. But uh, it's yeah. really good stuff. It's really good video. I'm very excited for it to re- release. Uh, so okay, Neil, what do you want to plug, man? Right. Uh, well, um, the my terrible talk is done. Uh, but we are having some logistical issues. So whenever we get those figured out, that's will be up. Outside of that, um, we got Halo Infinite Road, which is still a blasty blast. And we are almost done with the first Halo. Uh, So then we will be moving to Halo 2 eventually, which I'm very interested to see how this laptop will handle (laughs) the uh, Halo Halo 2 remake. But yeah. Uh, I, I really enjoyed doing season one. We're almost done with it. I'm very, I'm looking forward to the rest of that season. Uh, I do want to say with the terrible talk, it will be sometime in the next two weeks. I would say 
via logistics and whatnot that we get your terrible talk up. Uh, if we can, if we can get it going, it'll be like Saturday. If we can't, then it'll be a little bit later. Um, but yeah, but sometime probably within the next 14 days, you can expect Neil's next terrible talk. Um, as far as everything else, I do want to say that we are going to be starting a new show here coming up. Uh, we're calling it Fantasy Game Industry for better, for lack of a better term right now. And basically, if you guys want to get involved, please contact me on Discord. Uh, what we are going to be doing is we are going to be drafting game developers like a fantasy football league. And then you're going to get points based on whether they release a game, whether that game does good, uh, whether they get a lot of backlash, whether they get controversy, whether they win any awards, that sort of thing. Uh, and we're going to be doing a show once a month where we check in with the standings of that. Uh, Neil and Phil are definitely playing with myself, so we have three. But if you guys want to get involved, message me on Discord. And do it fast because we have to get to this pretty quickly. So... Um, other than that, you can check out everything the channel has to offer, uh, and you can check us out on Facebook at Old Man Gaming DH, on Twitter at Old Man Gaming 9 You can join our Discord. The link will be in the description below. You can influence this and all of our shows from there. As usual, please like, please subscribe, uh, turn the bell on if you want to hear from us all the time, and uh, yeah, as long as you guys keep watching and listening, we'll keep making them. We'll see you guys next week. We are done, gentlemen. There we go. And uh, I'm going to go because I have to take a massive shit. So <laughs> Phenomenal. Yeah, I've been holding that one in for a while, so I'm just going to get out of here. But uh, thanks for recording. Thanks, Phil Billy, for being on, man. And yep. uh, I'll talk to you guys later. All righty. Well.